This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello, welcome to the Five Pan Extra podcast here at Celeste with Palace have beaten Burnley 1 0 in a hard fought but very, very big game for Palace. Uh, this pod is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photography, weddings, and more, go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. And to chat over that game, I am joined by Skippy Windsor. Evening, everyone. How are you? Very well, yourself? I am after that. <laughs> that was very full. Good. And making his debut on the pod, it is MMA journalist. How would you like to be announced? Is that, is that right, MMA journalist and podcaster? I will go with that. That sounds yeah. great. Uh, Christian Manuel, how are you? Um, I feel really good, actually, to be honest. I'm, I'm glad to, to be, be on the pod. Or... Well, I'm, I'm good to, to have come to watch a, game, uh, a win, but also really happy to be on before Kevin Day. So <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get him on. He's just so unreliable. Um, good stuff. So that was a fantastic win for Palace. Uh, that's the second, second win out of two games this year in the league, I believe, isn't it? 2018, is that right? Yeah, Saints and, and today. Um, and we knew, Chris, didn't we? Burnley were going to be a, a hard-fought, organised... A team coming down here they did it to us last season came down got a smash and grab but Palace were more organised they were absolutely fantastic that first half I think that's one of our best first halves this season isn't it? It was absolutely beautiful um, Roy put out uh, an interesting formation I thought it looked as if he was going to play uh, a standard 4-2-3-1 uh, yeah. but it looked more like an asymmetric formation with um, uh, Bakri Saka sitting up alongside uh, uh, Christian Benteke up front um, and it just seemed to throw Burnley they just didn't know how to cope uh, they obviously tried to double or triple team Wilf uh, every time he had the ball, but they left so many uh, so many spaces for us to exploit. And uh, no, the, the boys put in a fantastic performance tonight. 
I think that's the first time anyone said asymmetric on the podcast. So that's brilliant. <laughs> Such a good word. <laughs> um, Sacco, I mean, Chris, he was just... Oh, you're both Chris. Uh, Skippy. Um, he was just superb today. I mean, the guy gets better and better. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've mentioned a few times when he's come on as a sub, how he's impacted the game. And I think the worry for, you know, potentially for us is, can he do that for 90 minutes, you know? He's kind of that impact bulldozer that you bring on when you're 1-0 down and you need a bit of spark, a bit of energy. He gets the crowd going. You know, you said a few weeks ago, he's now a cult hero. Yeah. You know, he, he jeers up the crowd. Uh, and from the moment that, you know, he walked out on the pitch, he's running around, chasing down loose balls. And, you know, if, if the game's not going your way, that, that's the sort of energy and effort the crowd can build on. Uh, you know, a good goal, very good goal. And, you know, it was almost an, an even better second, that volley. Um, yeah, Had that volley gone in, that would have been uh, the one of the first half press. That would have been an, an absolute worldy, wouldn't it? Oh, undoubtedly. Um, it, just, it was just everywhere, up until... I don't know, the last two minutes of the game, he was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you think, I mean, Palace have been linked, we've been saying for all season, we need another striker, we need more support up front. But actually, in the last few weeks with Sacco, has it made you think, okay, we still need someone up there, but maybe not quite in the sort of quality we thought for. Has Sacco sort of made you sort of rethink things a little bit up top? No, I I still think that he fulfils that role as super sub. Um, and with Christian's lack of confidence, all, it is, all, we, all we are is one injury away from being back in trouble again. So I do think that we do need to invest um, in, a, in a front player this, this transfer window, certainly. Yeah. Well, what do you think about uh, Christian today? Because again, I thought he was looking better, more flick-ons, some, some love, a few things that came into his, his feet and he was knocking it out to Will Force like a lovely. But again, at the end there gets a chance and again as, as Chris says that lack of confidence comes back yeah the confidence wasn't you know it hasn't been flowing the past few weeks I thought you know, in the build up to the goal um, and against the Burnley team I think the issue with us I was wondering whether we could have matched them physically today especially with the players we've got out I know Sacco no Dan you're probably your two most robust centre halves um, Luca playing in midfield by himself really is the only kind of you know brute as such and but Ben Teke, I think he put himself about well. Some excellent touches on the ball, but you pay a lot of money for a striker. You do expect to return on goals. Everything else in that game was brilliant. You know, I, I thought he chased down a lot more than he has done in previous weeks, which has obviously been an easy criticism. Yeah. You know, um, but clearly that criticism has got back to him because he is clearly making effort in that yeah, regard. Yeah, you see him chasing down, putting pressure. Um, I don't know whether it was the wind or the pitch, but there were a lot of awkward balls. The, the Burnley centre-halves didn't look as comfortable as they have done, especially, you know, both have been touted for England call-ups and they look pretty shaky. Uh, and that just comes from the fact that you've got two players that are willing to, you know, run their socks off for 90 minutes and put them under a bit of pressure. You know, it's probably a... Di- and, you know, not the... Benteke is no longer the kind of you know model striker we've got in the Premier League. They're tending to go towards more of you know a Lacazette, an Aguero sort of thing. Having a big brute up front, yeah. it's quite a rarity. So it's probably the first time that Burnley have come up against that. Yeah. And it's um, well, they, they seem to me they sort of ran out of ideas. Burnley they were knocking it long first half, and then that wasn't working. They just kept knocking it long, Chris, didn't they? There's not a lot of sort of ingenuity there. No, they, they do strike the ball about quite nicely in midfield. Jeff Hendricks is a good footballer. Yeah. Stephen Defoe um, yeah. has some nice tidy touches, but it was just sideways passes. It just reminded me of, do you remember Vinny Samways? He used to play for Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. They called him the crab because he just passed sideways, and yeah. that was Defoe pretty much all game. Yeah. But is that a testament then to how well Palace were organised, in particular, Gyro Riedeveld in the middle of the midfield, who I thought was, was absolutely brilliant. But Palace were very organised in there, weren't they? I thought the midfield three were fantastic. Um, they seemed to rotate beautifully. Um, Milivojevic didn't just sit in front of the back four. He did get forward a bit. Um, MacArthur and, um, and Gyro just, just seemed to read where each other were all the time. It's just a really good, solid performance by those guys. 
I mean, because obviously Kabai was dropped, or I guess maybe rested, and Gyro really is kind of Frank's legacy, isn't it, this club? The player that he really wanted to bring in. And in a way, you could say, well, when he left, oh, well, Gyro probably won't fit into this team. But I think there's a really good player in there. And I think Roy has spotted that. And I think we're seeing now that actually he can fit into this, this Palace system. We can have a real gem on our hands. Certainly in central midfield, he seems to um, excel. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a centre-back. I don't think he's got the strength for us to be a centre-back, not in the Premier League. Um, and he'd be wasted out at full-back. So um, I think he's, he's carving a niche for himself in the team. And... Oh, fantastic, I think we're benefiting from it. Yeah. I think also it's testament to the fact that Roy has recognised it, but also taken him out of the limelight for a bit. You know, we yeah. didn't see him for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, same with Sacco, really. He's taken players that actually recognised that we've got a squad. This is the squad he's going to have to work with until you know this period of time. Yeah. Let's take him away. Let's work with them. Yeah. You know, you've got an eleven that you obviously trusted at the start uh, that started to grind out results, etc. And now you know those reserve players like Sacco, like Riedeveld, Kelly coming in, all of these players that weren't in his first team thoughts, but have obviously impressed him through training. Um, it's like some of the players are saying; they enjoy playing for him, they want to play for him, and that's testament on the pitch that they're still running around chasing lost shadows. In, you know, in, in the 94th minute. Does it make you think that actually this squad depth that we've kind of moaned about a bit throughout the season? No, it's not quite as bad as we thought, is it? Mm. He's, he's got players that he prefers, like every manager sort of thing. And when he's had to dip in to use players that are potentially unfancied, like Riedeveld when against Man City, um, Kelly when we lost all those centre-half sort of thing, they, they've done well. But the fact that we made no substitutions today in a game where probably we need to kill a bit of time, you know, we could have done with perhaps bringing on a midfield enforcer, taking off, or, you know, Wilf didn't look his 100% today if... Him and Townsend to start, I would have had Sacco sort of thing. You know, I don't know whether Roy is making a point that actually I've got no one that I trust to bring on. I thought I thought Kabayo come on for the last ten. I thought exactly. you know someone to retain possession, yeah. or you know yeah. someone like Kai Kai that okay, right, you're going to go up top and you're just going to run at that back four, okay, chase them down, put them under pressure because they didn't, you know, like we said, they look a bit shaky, but. It's not bad, though, considering that Roy said in his programme notes this is the worst injury crisis he's ever faced in his career. And bear in mind, his career is about 400 years long, so that is quite <laughs> impressive. I mean, we're dealing with it OK, aren't we? I think so, yeah. But um, as, you, as you guys have said, the bench was weak today. And um, other than taking off possibly Wilf, who just wasn't performing, I don't think that anyone else looked like they were tired. I don't think anyone else um, looked as if they needed to, to be replaced. So making a substitution could have been counterproductive, if anything. So I, I understood why he kept the shape and, and kept the team on. Yeah, good stuff. Um, just a few... What were really that many match incidents? There was, there was a penalty shout in the first half on Sacco. What did you think of that, Skippy? Uh, <laughs> That's a no then, isn't it, really? Without seeing it, uh, it's, like we've said with Sacco so many times, he has a habit of kind of just getting the ball through players without any kind of real idea of what he's doing. He's kind of the newfound Balassi in his own special That's way. what we said. That's what we said. He's the new Balassi, yeah. I mean, he went down, the defender went down. Obviously, you're going to want a penalty all day long and the referee's always going to be in the wrong until looking back. I think the incident that really struck me is the fact that the four managed to stay on the pitch after kicking Wilf a few times when yeah. he'd already down. And he gave a little a little elbow jig to Van Arnholt. Van Arnholt sort of thing. And, you know, you expect a physical Burnley side sort of thing um, but that was taking the biscuit but Was that an indication Chris that actually Palace had done their job today because Burnley were just getting frustrated weren't they? Oh, clearly definitely um, going back to that penalty incident it was right in front of us at the Arthur and um, it didn't look as if it was a penalty although um, the referee wasn't in the right position to be able to fully judge so yeah. I, I think we'd need to see it back again but Either way, the result was right. We got what we wanted. We got the victory, which, which was deserved. God, sorry, I'm freezing. <laughs> we <laughs> I pretty much out Burnley. Burnley. We out Burnley. Burnley. Brilliant. Burnley. That, that's how we did it. You know, organisation, resilience. We grabbed the goal, and you know, 
perhaps you probably got a second one in the you know in the first half, but the second half was poor. It was pretty drab. But we played. I don't think Hennessy actually made a save. I don't think they had a shot, and Hennessy made a save, and that's a testament to the back four. And actually, to him, I'm going to give him a bit of credit here. You know, I think that's fair not, enough. Do not shoot me down, people. Okay, <laughs> but you could tell that you know their game, like we discussed, is the long ball. Yeah. And he was taking catches outside of his six-yard box. <laughs> you know, coming out, and you know, it wasn't 100% performance from him, sort of thing. But he alleviated a bit of pressure on the back four, sort of thing. And you could tell the players, you know, needed that. It was going to be an aerial barrage, and you know, Hodgson had put him in to deal with that. And for once, it paid off. I'm not his biggest fan either, but fair play, he, he was good today. I'm um, speaking of Roy. Let's hear what Roy said today. And I'm also I'm going to chuck in as well uh, Sean Dyche's audio here. So this is what the both gaffers thought of this game: a one 0 win for Palace at Sellers. Afternoon. Yes, he has. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's come good for himself as well because he's, you know, before this season he spent a lot of time on the bench, and uh, I don't quite know how many chances he's had, but he obviously hasn't done well enough in those chances to force himself into the team. But he has done very well recently for us, and he would have played at any rate today because of the number of injuries we have but in, in actual fact he he was certainly in the team on merit today on, on the merit of his last performances and it was very good that he he could chip in with another goal a good goal uh, I thought his first half performance in particular was, was very good and in the second half he and Benteke worked very hard to try and disturb their centre halves and limit to some extent the number of long balls that were flying into our into our back four Right, right, crucial uh, three points today. Uh, quite an interesting fact, no pad substitutes used today. Is that an indication the bench was a bit weaker than normal? Well, we had Johan Kabay on the bench, but it, to be honest, he he wasn't yesterday. It was uh, only this morning when he went in and we had the results of the MRI scan, which showed that nothing was actually torn or damaged, and it's uh, obviously muscle fatigue. And we persuaded him to be on the bench in, in case we needed him. But to be honest, I would have only put him on the field if it had been absolutely necessary because he does have this, this fatigue which kept him out of training the last couple of days. And apart from that, of course, uh, the players who, who were substitutes and really breathing down people's necks like Bakary Sacco, like Jairo Riedeveld, like Patrick Van Harnholt, Tim Fossumenser, they, they were starters, yeah. Well, it changes quickly, doesn't it? I think you'll be very careful of those statistics, and certainly I have no desire to start celebrating the fact that here in the middle of January we're in the 11th place. The only thing that interests me, and I've said it right from the start, so. It's not often you can go back to things I've said three months ago and find I'm saying exactly the same thing today. That's quite a rare occasion, but on this, in this instance, I'm sure you can. Because I said when I came in here, the only thing that matters to me is where we are on the final day of May. And the only thing that interests me is being one place above the, above the relegation zone. And anything else apart from that would be a huge bonus, especially after 
being four games to four defeats, no points, no goals when I came, and I soon added three games to that, so it became seven games, seven defeats, no goals. And at that stage, things were looking very, very bleak. So it's nice now that it no longer looks so bleak, and we should enjoy that. But there's going to be lots more games like the one today where you do enough, you think, especially in the first half, to really merit the three points. Um, I thought we should have been more than one goal up at half-time with the chances we created. But then you're going to have to suffer during the second half because a one-goal lead can always be, be cancelled out by a mistake or a wonder goal or anything else to that matter. How pleased were you as the way your defence stood up to that bombard? Yeah, very good. A player really who deserves, I mean, Tomkins has been outstanding since he came back in, but a player who doesn't get a lot of credit, uh, or two players who've not got a lot of credit in the season so far, I think deserve uh, a word, and that's Martin Kelly, who comes in on a regular basis at right back, at centre back, and again, never lets the team down. And I think that Wayne Hennessy, over these last three or four games, has really started to produce the form that made him such an important goalkeeper for Palace and Wales in the previous season. And we're seeing the best of him as well. So they, don't, they haven't had a lot of pats on the back, these guys, so I'm taking the opportunity to give them a pat on the back now. Is that what it is? Because you talked about all those other players at fullback as well. Who've... Made it a prime, yep. yep. To be fair, we know that Foster Mensah and, and Patrick Van Arnold are, are, are real quality players. Um, Tim is still young, of course, and getting some experience. Patrick hasn't played so many games, and when he does come in, obviously he feels a bit under pressure because he's not had the opportunity to play all the games beforehand. But I'm certain both will go home tonight feeling a lot more confident about themselves about their performance and knowing that we, the coaching staff, have really appreciated what they've done. Roy, I'm thinking that Bakary Sacco doesn't have long on his contract left. Right. With the way that he's playing, do you perhaps need to address that now? To be honest, those matters with contracts are being dealt with all time. I mean, Doug Friedman, our sporting director, has a very clear view and overview of that situation. Steve Parrish, of course, is very much involved as well, and they involve me. Um, but uh, you have to be careful with, with contracts. We've got to make certain that the Bakri Sacco that I see, that I've worked with and have enjoyed working with and I think is doing so well, is the Bakri Sacco perhaps that they didn't recognise or, or know in previous years. So. Uh, I think at the moment it's pretty obvious that Bakri can sit back quite quite comfortably and await what he can do over the next month or so, knowing full well that if he continues playing like he's playing at the moment, he's going to get a new contract without any shadow of a doubt. What have you done to make him play like this? Because you said earlier that some of the bad habits came back in the second half. What, what are well, the only well, the bad habits were, of course, you know, not not being always aware of the situation and maybe trying to do something in terms of showing a skill which if it's higher up the field or if you're not desperate to hold on to a one nil you'd accept quite happily but when you're in the situation we're in you'd rather see him make a better, another decision so it was really in terms of decision making more than anything else I thought his work rate was excellent I thought Ben Teke's work rate was excellent and there's no doubt that 
if we continue to play with those two as front players, um, we're going to ask questions of opposing defences in the same way that that uh, a team like Burnley asks questions of any defence they play against. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I think it's a close, close but no cigar afternoon. I thought, you know, they were they were better than us in the first half. Um, not by miles, just that feeling um, of a performance sometimes. Um, and then second half, I thought we were at least decent. I thought we'd probably deserve to scratch a draw out the game in the end. Um, but the, the margins, you know, I don't change the record. The margins were tight early season when we were winning a lot of games and the margins are tight now. Um, I still think we've moved a long way from where we were last season, particularly away from home. Because second half, we've really taken that game on today. And, uh, you know, like I say, arguably, probably deserved to scratch something out of the game. I mean, that, that pace of movement seems to cause a problem in the first half. The way you recovered from that second half, it wasn't completely... Well, to be honest, I thought it was as much the simplicity of their play. You know, kind of 4-2-4, four, four, full-back's not really going anywhere, ball going forward very, very quickly. Um, and we didn't really deal with that. Whereas second half, we got to grips with that and, uh, and dealt with it much better. Um, and some of that is just team distances, the, the, the tactical side of the organisation, and mainly comes down to distances of the, you know, the way the team's operating. Second half, I thought that was much, much better. Um, and when you're 1-0 down, it's, it's tough. You know, it's, a, it's a tough uh, league to play in uh, when you're 1-0 down. But like I say, second half, really, really pleased with the mentality, took the game on, got much more on the back f- uh, front foot and started to really try and you know, be more productive than we were first half. I mean, some signs in the way players adapted to that challenge with Charlie Taylor. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just played, you know, Charlie's still learning at this level. He's just played against Sterling last week and then Zaha today and, and done a really good job, I think. I thought Stephen DeFord today was very good, very good in all, in all ways. Um, you know, and it's, it's like I say, you know, a, a bit of a tough run at the minute, but over the season, it's an hard one to judge. Before this run, we just won three out of four. And we're unlucky in the, the one that we didn't win, by the way. So, you know, you look at that, a couple of decisions have gone against us in this run, a few injuries. So I'm not overly disappointed. I'm certainly not disappointed when I look at the league table. Um, but, but, you know, you're still disappointed because you lose a game. And, and I have that winning instinct like all managers do. I mean, it's six that win, but you almost won it by United. You shouldn't want it on this field. So well, should have, could have. You know, and that, that's the difference. Early season, we're making them our, our own, if you like. Um, now it is making them, so we've got to do that. We have to make them come our way. You know, no one, no one in the Premier League waits for it to happen. And I thought first off we were playing a bit like that, actually. You know, almost like, oh, you know, we'll wait for it to come to us. Not like that. Premier League's just not like that. Second half, much more productive, just in the manner uh, that we went about it. But you, you know, sometimes it's not just your performance. You know, sometimes you're playing a side here, or only lost one in eleven, I think. So they've changed a little bit, a bit more belief, a bit more assuredness, a bit more structure to their game, maybe, you know, um, more simplicity, you know, to it. And, and so, you know, sometimes it can be just that when you're playing people, good time, bad time. You know, there's a lot, lot of different factors um, and some tough games lately. You know, over Christmas has been a really tough period. So you Flashes, definitely. You know, he's got to learn how we operate, obviously. He hasn't played a lot of football, which we know, and he's only been with us a couple of days. So I think, you know, he'll add to that the more he gets used to us and what we're about. Um, but there were certainly flashes. You know, at the end there, he's, he's broke through and, and, you know, nearly found the pass that, that makes a difference. The one for Johan, of course, when he has a chance, it just goes behind him when he's broke uh, down the line. So little moments, uh, but I think there's more to come. Is it about encapsulating that into a full half an hour or eventually 90 minute performance, mate? Yeah, of course. It's got to, it's got to grow. You know, it's, uh, it takes time for him to adapt to what we do. Um, as well. all, all players, not just him, all players. He looks well. A little bit of extra factor about him in terms of pace and it's gone on the ball, which is encouraging to see. 
Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and that's why I bought him in my life. <laughs> it's not always rocket science. <laughs> uh, John Walters, you've been alone with Sunderland on the bench today. Anything in that? Uh, not at the moment. Mm -hmm. Possibility he might go out We'll see, we'll see. Sean, what do you think of Roy Hodgson? 70 years old, I'm 73, we should be sitting at home and watching that in the cup of cocoa now. You're 73, did say? Yeah, You're looking well, by the way. Thanks, Arthur. But what is, um, you know, what is it remarkable, is it? 70 year old and still going strong. Yeah, doing, doing terrific. I, I, you know, I, I know Roy a little bit. I know Ray Lunson and Steve Reed very well. So before the game, actually, invited me in for a coffee and we sat chewing the fat over some of the realities and the non realities of the game. Um, you know, great guys to listen to for me you know Roy sometimes gets mixed reviews but the years of service to the game and, and the levels he's worked at get nothing but respect from me I can assure you and, and when he asks you in for a coffee I go in and have a coffee and I did more listening than, than talking because why wouldn't you you know with some of these not just Roy but some of these managers done amazing things in the game um, so yeah fantastic what he's doing and he, he settled it down nicely I, put, I know Stephen Reid well and, and when they came in I, I said I, I personally felt early season was a surprise that this team has not you know had more points on the board and not delivering slightly better so I, I, it's not a surprise to me you know that Roy's work and their coaches work and the team have progressed that's not a big surprise to me I must say that but that is down to Roy and his staff putting in good work and the players delivering it yeah, we're still waiting. It's um, we're not there yet. I don't think um, we're not miles away with um, Woody and Wardy, uh, particularly. Um, you know, they're getting closer, but we're not quite there yet. So we've still got to be a bit careful with them. And, and like I say, you know, when when they come back in as well, I think the squad looks healthy again and, and stronger again. <coughs> There's a couple of situations we're looking at, but, but you know, to say they're progressing is is so difficult. You know, in this window. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Scotty was the other one, sorry, Scotty Arfield. He was close today, by the way. So I'd expect him to be at least back in, uh, hopefully, if this week goes well. That was the other one I missed, um, back in contention. In coverage, do you think it'll be late January? The way it, it often is, um, just by the nature of you know the January window, I think. Um, no one wants it like that, by the way, but it, it often is, because obviously you, you, the phone calls you make arrive with you people about four minutes later uh, to see if they can make a market, so... That makes it difficult. Okay, Thanks thank you. Um, right, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Pog. Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Extra Podcast here at Stella. So Palace have won one nil against Burnley. A very, very good result indeed. This pod is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography for professional, unique photography of weddings and more. Go to MirandaJanePhotography.co.uk. And I'm joined by Chris Emmanuel and Chris Windsor, aka Skiffy Windsor. It's the Chris Cast. No, that doesn't make. Yeah, we need to work on that. <laughs> um, We've got, got a few hours till you release it, so just think of a better I'll, edit, I'll edit in something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Palace eleventh. I haven't checked the table. Yeah, I saw. 12, the, the I mean, given Chris how bad the start of the season was, and we say this every week on the pod, and I'm not, not going to say, isn't it amazing that we are here? But it does feel now that we're getting into our groove with Roy, isn't it? Roy knows what he's doing. I think Roy's turned the corner. <laughs> don't let don't let Kevin hear you say that. <laughs> but he's definitely. I mean, I said to my dad after that game, that was the Roy most Roy performance. I I thought we got it's exactly what I was expecting would happen when he was appointed. Um, my cousin and I um, came to the game together and we've been coming for a number of years now and he commented, he said that this is probably the first time that we've come together and he's felt really comfortable and confident that we're going to see the game out. Yeah. Um, the team's organised throughout, 
they ran their socks off. Um, it was just a comfortable game, you know. Even when isn't that actually, really on Palace? It's great, isn't it? We're just we're just going to be a boring mid-table team. We're going to become the the team that Stoke wish they still were. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And yet, Skippy, it's it's mid middle of January. You know, yes. I kind of thought we'd we'd still be. And again, we don't know what's going to happen between now and May. But we've given ourselves such a great start to 2018 in this what is still essentially a relegation battle. Yeah, and I think you know we had that great season under Pardew, and then when we started plummeting down the table, yeah. we kept on identifying that, oh, yeah, but we'll beat Swansea at this game and we'll beat Burnley at this game. And we never did. And that run of eight games where we didn't lose against teams in and around us, picking up points against Burnley, picking up points against Southampton, it's the most unpalished way of doing it. Usually, we'll lose at home to Burnley and Leicester, yeah. but then go and beat Liverpool, yeah, Arsenal exactly. and Chelsea sort of yeah, thing. Exactly. It's quite refreshing now that you can, you can look at the fixtures and go, actually, we're going to give Burnley a, a living yeah. good game and it, the likelihood is we're going to come out with something as opposed to going, yeah, they're going to be one of the strippers up and we have to go and win at Liverpool in order to stay up. Especially considering, Chris, it's not just any old Burnley. This is a Burnley that's achieved Starting massive up. things this season you know, and still performing ahead of themselves. So for us to beat essentially an informed team... It, Again, he goes back to the start of the pod. It's a huge result for Palace. Not, you don't say that normally when you've beaten Burnley 1 0, but it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's true, uh, and it shows exactly where we've got to under Roy. Um, as you alluded to, he has made such a difference to the team. He's brought that stability that we've all prayed for so many years. Um, it's just fantastic to see. Good stuff. I know we're getting cold. I'm absolutely <laughs> freezing. Um, so, what's the next game? It's Arsenal away, Skippy, and, the, and then West Ham away, which will be a big game as, as well. We've given ourselves, I don't know. We've got ourselves in such a good position now. Yeah, and you know, a couple of maybe additions before West Ham, you'd hope, because obviously it's well, we the last We might have a new goalkeeper. New goalkeeper, potentially a new striker, and you never know who may come in as well after that. Just to freshen the squad up, um, I think going out the FA Cup may be a blessing. Yeah, I think you probably Given right. the squad yep. depth, you know, the, the manner that we went out is probably not the way we wanted to, but if it had been any other team, I'd probably have just accepted it. Um, but... Like Roy said, the number one priority is to stay up sort of thing. Given the injury crisis uh, and the lack of additions thus far, two games in for the rest of the month you take because hopefully you'll get one or two players back. You've got February where you've got um, teams where we can ideally beat. Everton away, Newcastle at home, then Huddersfield. So... Not looking too bad, is it, guys? No, it's looking it's right. more, more cause for optimism. I'm smiling for once. <laughs> You're always smiling. Do you know what else is great? I think this is the first time we've been above Brighton all season. Oh, is it? That is cause for celebration. Oh, no, they That is cause for celebration. Good stuff. Okay, well, Chris Manuel, thank you very much for coming on the pod. Thank you very much. Yeah, top man and Skippy, always good to see you. Thank you very much for having and you, me. You do smile more than you. You, oh, you wow. smile. You're a smiley guy. Good stuff, listeners. Thanks very much for listening. The full pod will be with you um, this week, Monday night, I think it is. And uh, keep following us on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter and all that for all the usual socials. Thanks for listening. Not a bad start to the year, is it? Things are looking up. Hopefully, they'll continue that way. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Podcast Network.